everyone. This is Debating Metal, and I'm your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host, Chris Kay. This week, we're bringing you Dio's greatest hits and our Big Four Dio songs. From his humble beginnings in the Vegas Kings, Ronnie and the Rumblers, Ronnie and the Red Caps, and Elf, to his more mainstream time in Rainbow and Black Sabbath, Ronnie James Dio was at the forefront of the rock and heavy metal world. In 1983, he formed the eponymous Dio to finally take the reins of his career and do things his own way. While that led to platinum success and sold-out concerts throughout the 80s and 90s, he would eventually rejoin Black Sabbath for a brief time, but still maintained his namesake band throughout the rest of his career while balancing on and off returns with Black Sabbath and eventually his last run with Heaven and Hell. So to review how this works, we're going to pick our favorite 15 Dio songs. Whichever ones are duplicated make the list, the rest we debate to determine which make the final cut. Then we'll arrange them in concert set list order to make Debating Metal's ultimate Dio's greatest hits. So, we're here with Dio's greatest hits, and we've got 15 songs to pick, and I barely picked 15 songs. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you. Um, after a certain point, it was it was tough to 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 really find song. It was like much tougher than let's say Motorheads. Um, you well, I I would agree to a degree. Um, I I've been a fan of Dio for a long time. I love his run in in uh, Rainbow. I love his run in in Black Sabbath. I even like the uh, Dehumanizer album. Um. You know, the stuff that he did with Heaven and Hell is great. Those first three, four albums with uh, Dio are really good. And then it's it's kind of hit or miss for me. I think every album has a couple tracks that I that I enjoy on it. And, uh, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about that more when we unveil our lists. But, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. It's, you know, his, his career in Dio has some definite highs and definite lows. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it, highs and lows. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, as we as we mentioned in the intro, it's uh, he had a real successful career in the 80s. Um, and, it's, and it sucks to define that like that because, you know, once the 90s came around, it was a little bit tougher for him. And it had I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that people were into grunge now or that new metal took over. Things like that, you know, good songs are good songs, you know, and I think mm-hmm. he found himself in a little bit of a a rut, I guess you could say, if you want to put it that way. And he actually, to me, it sounded like he was just starting to write Black Sabbath songs in Dio, and that's not the way Dio started. And, the, you know, listening to some of the albums today, I was like, man, you know, these songs, a lot of this sounds like Heaven and Hell, you know, uh, the 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 band that he started with black the guys from black sabbath uh i would say a lot of it in the later career especially after he he had his fallout with black sabbath um after the dehumanizer album um some of those albums really sounded like more dehumanizer mm-hmm. just not not really as good right and and so that's kind of the problem was you know also music can reflect how you're feeling, et cetera. And the back and forth of going through, you know, different members leaving the band, you know, the issues with black Sabbath, et cetera. He just, you know, I can understand if he wasn't at his peak at that point, like he wasn't in 
you know, enjoying it as much, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and then the the other thing too is that then the last couple albums actually sounded, um, it almost sounded freer again. I I don't know how to, how else to put it, but some of the music started to sound like Dio, like the mm-hmm. early '80s Dio stuff. So that was that was pretty cool. Uh, there were some better songs towards the end. But let's go ahead and get to it. Let's. Uh, announce our 15 songs each. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I think you should... Well, no, I'll go first because you went first the last couple times a bunch. So I'll go first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, no, not because of that, but, but like, you know, it was more like I, I kind of forced you to go first because I wanted to hear what you had to say because we were doing two genres that were a little bit out of your mainstream. So, Fair enough. So I, <laughs> it, it just made me why. laugh. <laughs> You've been you've been taking all the firsts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my fifteen Dio greatest hits. Uh, number one, stand up and shout off of Holy Diver. Holy Diver. Uh, number three, don't talk to strangers off of Holy Diver. And number four, Rainbow in the Dark off of Holy Diver. Uh, number five, we rock off the Last in Line. Number six, the Last in Line. Uh, number seven, Mystery from The Last in Line. Uh, number eight, King of Rock and Roll from Sacred Heart. Number nine, Rock and Roll Children from Sacred Heart. Number 10, Hungry for Heaven from Sacred Heart. Number 11, Night People from Dream Evil. Number 12, I Could Have Been a Dreamer from Dream Evil. Number 13, Killing the Dragon from Killing a Dragon. Number 14, Better in the Dark from Killing the Dragon. And number 15, One More for the Road from Master of the Moon. So there you have my 15 Dio's greatest hits. Well, we definitely have some crossover, but we definitely have some debating to do as well. I like it. All right. Uh, So my number one is Stand Up and Shout off of Holy Diver. Uh, Holy Diver and Rainbow of... Rainbow of Rainbow in the Dark from Holy Diver. Um, then we've got We Rock, The Last in Line, and Mystery from The Last in Line. Rock and Roll Children and Hungry for Heaven off of Sacred Heart. Dream Evil and I Could Have Been a Dreamer off of Dream Evil. Uh, Wild One and Hey Angel off of Lock Up the Wolves. Uh, Killing the Dragon and Push off of Killing the Dragon. And the eyes from Master of the Moon. Alrighty. We do have some challenges ahead. All right. So we've matched up 10 songs, uh, which leaves five spots um, for us to debate. We have 10 songs to debate for five spots. Um, So the way it works is Chris is going to go first and he's going to pick a song that he wants to keep from his list. Then I'm going to pick a song from my list that I want to keep. And then Chris is going to pick a song from his list that he is willing to let go of. And then I'm going to pick a song that's from my list that I'm willing to let go of. And then we're going to pick a song from each other's lists that we want to keep. And I believe by that point we should be done or close to done. Um, so, uh, but then if it, if it did, if it were to go on, we would pick a song from each other's list that we don't want that we want to remove and then you know we'll uh have debated enough by then to uh, to sit there and say it's time to uh get to the concert 
All right, so go ahead and pick a song you want to keep from your list. All right. Um, I'd like to keep Dream Evil. I, I really like the, the chorus on that song. It's one that's kind of always stuck with me. So um, I think of the ones I have available, that's my favorite. Hmm. Interesting choice. Uh, Dream Evil. Okay. So that gives us two songs off of Dream Evil now. That's okay. That's cool. We have... Um, I, I like Don't Talk to Strangers, but we have so much stuff from the early era of Dio that I, I want to play with that one towards the end if if it gets kept that long. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick one more for the road from Master of the Moon. Okay. I mean, I like that song too. I think Master of the Moon, honestly was one of the better later years Dio albums. It just, it suffered from a lot of filler, um, which most of those albums did, honestly. <laughs> and then there like was one album was all filler. <laughs> there, well, you know, part of it was Craig Goldie was with the band and then he left and Doug Altridge filled in and then Craig Goldie came back. So there was, you know, anytime there's that kind of upheaval, and there's not a lot of time between albums. It, sometimes it doesn't pan out well. And I think that was part of it. And he had other projects and stuff going on. So I, I don't know. I think Dio oftentimes took a back. The band Dio took a backseat um, to some of the you know other stuff that he probably could have paid more attention to. Or did pay more attention to, and he could have paid more attention to Dio. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's. There was a lot of resentment at that time period, I guess, between him and and Black Sabbath, and you know the way that things panned out from like 2000 to 2000, you know, f f what I guess four or five. In the interviews, you hear him talking, and it's he's just kind of still bent about it. Um, but so I, I don't know. I don't know how happy what he was at that time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the music you write ref is is a reflection of what your mood is at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people can get into a particular headspace where they're they're writing because this is the, this is the style that we write. This is the the, the band that we are, and this is the music that I make. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think sometimes some artists lose sight of that, like. I mean, you never want to be just. Uh, this is what we do, and you know, we're we're this is what we're stuck with. But at the same time, you know, you can't just go and and write an easy listening album if you're a metal singer. You know. Yeah. So that's what I noticed. There was, I think, almost like Dio was kind of angry. At mm -hmm. Black Sabbath and said, well, you know what? I'm going to write a better Black Sabbath album than you can. That's the way it almost seemed. And I, I think it yeah, just felt flat. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to debate the, the, the Dio Black Sabbath era yet. That's another time, another conversation. <laughs> We've had that conversation before. <laughs> we did. Have, I was going to say we did have that conversation, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So now it's time for you to pick a song you want to drop from your list. 
okay. Um, let's see. Man, I've got a couple from Lock Up the Wolves. I I like that album, and I think there's a lot of potential on that album. But I'll be 100% honest, it's not the strongest. Um, I just, I like the songs, even though it's not the best. Um, I'm going to drop Hey Angel off of Lock Up the Wolves. Okay. I, I, I listened to that. For, for what it's worth, I listened to it very briefly, mm-hmm. and I went through the songs as quickly as I could, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just, I was like, all right, if this is not catching me, you know, like I, I would, if it, if the beginning doesn't catch me, then I said, okay, well, let me let me slide this over and see, you know, what about the chorus? What about the, the guitar solo? And it's like, if this doesn't really catch me or do anything or it doesn't get any better from what I heard at the beginning, I just skip it. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I miss a song here and there. And this is because I have I am not very well versed. I'm gonna admit that. So everyone listening, I admit I'm not very well versed in the latter day Dio catalog. But that doesn't mean I dismiss it. It just means that I don't listen to it very often, if at all. Because there's better stuff to listen to, quite honestly. That, so that particular album is a little unique in that um he had basically a new band step in. He had Simon Wright on drums, uh, Jens Johansson on, on keyboard, Teddy Cook on bass, and a 17-year-old kid named Rowan Robertson. Rowan Robertson. <laughs> so he joins the band, and he's 17, and he's got you know a lot of potential. He's a great player, but that's that's different mindset to be in. You know, like to be a, a 17-year-old kid and in a professional band you know oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's it's a you know it's a unique situation to say the least and no, sure. i mean well, let's see that was that was 1990 when lock up that was, was ni- 1990 so he was gonna he was let's see rejoined black sabbath in what year 92 92 so that was the mm-hmm. last one before or he, he was it 91 that he rejoined it probably rejoined sometime in 91 but i think the humanizer came out in 92 i thought yeah so yeah so like that was a very brief amount of time to ever be with a, a group because when he returned and he did strange highways he brought back um Vinnie Apice, he had Jeff Pilson, Tracy G on guitars. So, completely different band. Yeah, it, the, the whole thing with Rowan obviously didn't work out very well. Um, but even then, what what I noticed listening to a lot of the songs, you know, or re-listening to a lot of songs today, uh, the album, uh, Strange Highways actually, now that I think about it, there was something about that, and I'm listening to it on, you know, speakers on the computer, at my job, in my office, Something about that said, I want to sound like Metallica does on the Black Album. And you can hear the drums significantly more percussive, not not in terms of a rhythm or anything, but like louder um, than normal. And it, it had a very distinct kind of sound that said, this is the, the 90s metal sound at that point. It wasn't grunge, but it was what metal was and I, or what Dio's interpretation of what metal was. So I found that very interesting that it, it stood out to me so much. I'm like, this sounds a lot like it could be 
off the black album, not necessarily in terms of quality of song, but almost the quality of the sound. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And I, and I figured out, oh yeah, it came out in what, 94, I think that album came out? So Something that, like that. Yeah, I mean, that album, I get what you're saying to a degree, but I also... It's like, not that good of an album, but... Go <laughs> listen to Strange Highways or any song off of Strange Highways and then listen to any song off of Dehumanizer. And they sound real similar. You're talking about like in terms of song structure and, and rhythm sound. and stuff like that? Oh, and sound? Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, so Dehumanizer, I think, sounds a little worse overall because of, you know, whatever, um, you know, processing, et cetera, that they went through. But um, the, the, the way that it's mixed the drums being pushed so much to the front and having kind of a metallic sound to them. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is very similar in production to Dehumanizer. And even the song structure, like you said, is very similar. Everything sounds a little bit dragged out. Ronnie had, like, for the last bit of his career, and I think maybe the entire career, but more specifically, um, everything, you know, from from dehumanizer on was kind of anti-technology like killing the dragon the song specifically is about uh technology the dragon See, being and, and technology. it's funny because then later on like with stuff that was on magica or on um angry machines mm-hmm. he's he, he may be anti-technology but he's using that technology to make these albums because they had a lot of sciencey kind of electronic kind of sounds because the subject was typically about um, right. how technology was corrupting the world in some way. And it, it, it is. <laughs> Let's yeah. Just be well, honest. That's, that's a um, whole nother story right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, now it's time for me to drop a song and, um, hmm, I think I'm going to go ahead and drop night people from dream, from the dream evil album. Um, okay. We've already got a couple songs from Dream Evil, so I think uh, we're good there. All right, so I guess I'm picking one off of your list. Yes, you're picking one off of my list. I'm thinking and about this. I have to be very judicious because after I pick one off of my, uh, when I pick off of your list, there's only one spot left, and it's a so it's going to be one of those. You, you drop a song, it's automatically going to put that song, and so we have to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking about this. So I, I like Better in the Dark. I think it's a pretty decent song. But it also has some similarities to another Dio track, and I'm trying to think of what it is. I, what I've noticed after after this whole uh, episode or, or listening to all this music is that all Dio music sounds like another Dio song. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it actually is Stand Up and Shout. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um so better in the dark has has this one part towards the beginning that has the same um, uh, chord progression as stand up and shout, and I I still dig the song. It's still good. Um, don't get me wrong, but we already have stand up and shout, so that leads me to kind of head towards like maybe king of rock and roll or don't talk to strangers. King of rock and roll I like because it's got kind of an old school rock and roll feel to it while still being a metal song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Don't Talk to Strangers is a little bit more diverse 
you know, we've got Wild One um, still up in the air, possibly on the list. Um, we got Push. You know, it's a decent song. I think maybe a little better than Better in the Dark. Um, that was one of the few that Craig Goldie worked on before he left Dio, so there was still kind of that chemistry. Um, uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with King of Rock and Roll. So you're dropping King of Rock and Roll. Am I dropping? I thought yeah. I was. No, I'm picking one from your list. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you slapped me stupid. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's been a short day. <laughs> I haven't been able to get going. It it's it was a long day. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So I'm I'm picking King You're picking of Rock King and of Roll. Rock and Roll off my list. Okay. Yes. All right. So now I have to pick one off your list, and you have Wild One, Push, and The Eyes. All right, so based on uh, the three songs you have remaining and uh, my familiarity with one of them, I'm going to go ahead and pick the wild one as the one we're going to keep. Okay. So that leaves us with one song, and we have four songs to pick from. So we need to drop one from each other's list. Yes. So Okay, so that's what we're going to do. we got to drop one from each other, so that'll leave us with two songs. And then at that point, you know, you punch me or I punch you, whichever, and we keep that song. All right. When I when I see you tomorrow, we'll do this in two parts. Whoever <laughs> whoever comes back and can't talk. <laughs> All right. Hey, so shut. Um, you pick uh, one song off of my list to drop. Okay. Um. Uh, this is an easy call for me, honestly. I'm going to drop um, Better in the Dark. Um, I just think Don't Talk to Strangers is a better song. And I got to address it that way. So, All right. And you have Push and the Eyes. Push the Eyes? <laughs> I have to pick between Push and the Eyes. And I got to say, you know, after listening to these two songs today, Push, I mean, I like the upbeatness of Push. Um, I just, I'm not fond of the chorus. Now, the eyes, um, you know, there's a lot of similarities to other songs that are out there. It's it's a slow, slow chugger. Um, but I think... Um, in this particular case, to leave one song to the end, I'm going to have to drop the eyes. All right. That leaves you with Push, and it leaves me with Don't Talk to Strangers as the last two songs to fill one spot. Well, let's just be 100% honest. What's the better song? Well, let's, let's pull this back for just one second. Push is not a bad song. I like what I heard. I like the 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 riff. I like you know the playing on it. Uh, the song's not bad. It's what bugs me about it is just the chorus. It's just 
push. You just, it. you just don't like that Triple H comes out to part of it. <laughs> so then, with Don't Talk to Strangers, what I like about that song is it's kind of like two parts. You know, it's it's the slow, quiet part, and then, you know, it, it's the, the, the part that's, you know, uh, more upbeat. So, yes, I, I agree with you in terms of the better song is going to be Don't Talk to Strangers. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Push. I think it's a really cool song. Um, you know, when I'm doing these lists, uh, obviously, like, I want to pick the best songs. And in some cases, with some bands, you just pick one album, and that would be their best songs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, there there is a, a call for some diversity, too. And Don't Talk to Strangers does add some diversity to the list as well. Um, but I think Push gives some of that dynamic of the of the you know final years of Dio so you got a mix of what is available. We already do have three songs off of Holy Divers so there's something to be said for maybe picking Push over Don't Talk to Strangers. I don't know. It's a tough call. What do you think? Um I I agree with you on the fact that there's already three songs from Holy Diver. Mhm. You know, we have Stand Up and Shout, Holy Diver, and Rainbow in the Dark. I mean, those are staples um, for the most part. Um, like I said, the only thing I really don't like about Push is the chorus. It's just too... I, I don't like songs that typically have a one-song, a one-word chorus. Like, well, to I me, mean, that it's doesn't just work. Per, per, telling women, you know, push, push. You know, it's a great metal song for pregnancy or... or giving birth (laughs) (laughs) but even then he takes too long to say push again well i mean it's she's not to the you know that point yet that's the part where she has to breathe and wait to push (laughs) Uh, i mean if you're asking me my opinion my opinion is to leave don't talk to strangers on there okay i can go with that okay all right, well, that's our 15 songs um, that we're going to pick now to put into Concert Setlist Order. So let's go over the songs real quick. Uh, we have number one, Stand Up and Shout. Number two, Holy Diver. Number three, Don't Talk to Strangers. Number four, Rainbow in the Dark. Number five, We Rock. Number six, The Last in Line. Number seven, Mystery. Number eight, King of Rock and Roll, number nine, Rock and Roll Children, number 10, Hungry for Heaven, number 11, Dream Evil, number 12, I Could Have Been a Dreamer, 13, Wild One, 14, Killing the Dragon, and number 15, One More for the Road. So those are our 15 songs that we're going to now put in concert set list order. This is where the fun begins. So as a reminder to what we do for the 15 songs, the first 12 are going to be the main set, and then 13, 14, and 15 are going to be the encore. So we treat that as like a little separate mini concert when we put these together to kind of say, what are we going to open, what are we going to have in the middle, and what are we going to close with? All right, uh... Why don't you go ahead and pick a song to start off the show with? Mm, I mean, I think this show has to start off with Stand Up and Shout. You think so? I think it's a great opener. Um, 
there's not a lot of the uh, other songs that I feel has that same kind of impact as an opener. Um, I mean, if you disagree. <laughs> no, actually, I was just laughing because King of Rock and Roll starts off an album with a live intro. King of Rock and Roll. <sighs> and it's actually a not a live song. It's just a weird. Yeah. <laughs> weird no, way I to got start you. A song. But it's, it's, it's cool. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Stand up and shout at me. They just they come right out on stage. Boom. Everybody stand up and shout. Let's go. I like that. It, I just, like the... it just kicks off everything with so much energy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. What you got next? All right. So if we're going to stand up and shout. Now, in in the original or original release of the album, Holy Diver was next. But Holy Diver, just, this is it, it's that's not the time for Holy Diver. Uh, it's not the time for much of this classic stuff that we're talking about here. Um, so, I don't know. I think I want to keep the energy going. And what about putting in uh, Killing the Dragon? Okay, I can see that. It's a, it's a good track with a lot of energy. Obviously, we both picked it, so it's a it's a pretty good one if we both picked it. Um, if you haven't listened to a lot of the later Dio stuff, I think um, that Killing the Dragon album is pretty good, Master of the Moon. So check those out. And the track Killing the Dragon, I think it's just it's really good. I was I was pleasantly surprised by some of the songs on on that album. Let's see. What do we want to do for the third track? Um, I can. I know there's certain ones that I'd like to hold off to the end. Um, one specifically. Um, how about we slow it down just a little bit? Not in a tremendous around way. At around tre- tremendous way. Um, can't tell I'm tired. Can you? Um, <laughs> not at all see for for the listeners out there this last weekend I went to Wrestlemania and uh, as fun as it is it, that's a lot with doing two days in a row and then so you're, you're there from like 4 in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night and in a city that you don't live um, that's so, got to be exhausting just because you, you know, like at least you were able to drive up for other people. They're probably flying in on, on Friday. Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's people that went to the Friday events as well. Cause it's a whole weekend. It's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. The guy I sitting mean, next to me, uh, did four <laughs> nights in a row. Oof, did, God, you know, so, I mean, that's gotta be expensive, no less. And yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. It's, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, it, it was it was really cool, but at the same time, I, I it's Thursday, of basically going two weeks straight nonstop, and I, you know, I'm just not cut out for that anymore. <laughs> I know a lot of people do it, and, I, and my hats off to them. Uh, every day, you know, people doing what they have to do to survive in this world, you know, working, you know, week after week without a break. Um, but I, like I'm not old, cut you out. Sound for like an it, old man. I, I'm. I'm <laughs> I am a boomer. Um, (laughs) 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 All right, so back to picking my third track. Uh, I'm thinking Dream Evil. I think it's, you know, it slows things just a little bit down, but not so much that we're into, like, ballad territory. All right, so Dream Evil is your choice, and 
that leaves me with some other songs to pick. Okay. So I you know what? We're gonna slow it down just a bit more. So yeah, we had we had a lot of high energy. Dream Evil's kind of mid-paced. Um, why don't we bring out um from the same album, I could have been a dreamer. Just a little more steady paced on that. What do you think? I like it. It's um kind of got an eighties um inspirational feel to it almost more so than any other Dio song that I can think of but I like that one alright um, let's see uh, why don't we pick up the pace again with We Rock oh, I like that I like that yeah okay so now you picked We Rock um, we're getting down to the the point in which most of the songs on here are classic songs um but at the same time we have a couple of songs that are more latter day and i think in this particular case we're almost at the midway point uh with song number six so i think this might be a good time to put in wild one what do you think yeah, I'm I'm good with that. It's a, you know, it's it's kind of a a standout in a way on this this particular list because there's really not much else that sounds like it. And uh but but it's not one of the the best songs on there, so I wouldn't want it really anywhere else. I think in the middle is is one of the best places to have it for some reason. There you go. All right. Um, how about we do, um, let's do Hungry for Heaven. Okay. I don't have a problem with that song there. Hungry for Heaven. Okay. So on our list here, other than One More for the Road, everything else is pretty much what I would consider a classic Dio song of some sort. So from this point forward, other than like I said, one more for the road, we're gonna have people that be like cheering for everything. Um, so when you're at this point of the show where, where that something like that happens, um, I I like I like that because pretty much every song is 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 gonna drive people crazy. So you have to then at this point pick the right order to keep that energy going. And yet still like almost like, a, you know, like a, a wrestling story where, you know, you start off high energy at the beginning of the song and then in the middle you're doing different moves and there's highs and lows. The audience is kind of getting, you know, lulled and I don't want to put it lulled to sleep, but, you know, they're, they're kind of interested in the match and what's going on. But then the tide turns and, you know, a guy, you know, drops an elbow or whatever. And then and all of a sudden things start to, to, to pick up again and then, you know, they bring it down again. So. That's what we obviously we try to do something similar with these concerts where you, you're trying to keep the energy, but you you know you know that you have to bring it into a lull and then bring it back. So "Hungry for Heaven," while obviously "Wild One" is a very fast song, "Hungry for Heaven" is just a sped up version of "Mystery." <laughs> what's the what's the song? So so the way that because we were talking about how light a lot of these songs sound like other songs. "Hungry for Heaven" starts off with that dun dun dun. There's no, there's like a is it the who 
that has the song, or the, maybe it's the Guess Who. I I can't remember. It, it's like dum. Well, dum, no, dum. Hungry for Heaven is is really fast. It starts off yes. with the ah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's so. Yes, it's a fast version. I, I can see your point. It's a fast version of the Who song. Um, uh, what song is that? Uh, Bob O'Reilly. Bob O'Reilly. That's what bang, it was. Bang, I, bang. I right. could not think of the name, but it has that similar. It has the same chord progression. Right. And that's. But it's not all the same. It's just that beginning part. You know. Exactly. And, but it's like sped up on speed. You know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You had I just that couldn't little... think of the name of the song. I'm like, what is that song? <laughs> now, now that you, you, when you put it that way, then I figured out. Oh, you're talking about Bob O'Reilly. Bob O'Reilly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So that that's an interesting one. Okay. So we got hungry for that. heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think right here would probably be a good time to put "Don't Talk to Strangers" because of the way it starts. It's slow. It's you know, he's he's whispering kind of, you know, just kind of talking to the crowd and then he kicks into the song. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, because Don't Talk, uh, I'm sorry, um, Hungry for Heaven has kind of a, excuse me, Hungry for Heaven has kind of like a middle pace to it. So Don't Talk to Strangers kind of building off of that is, is fine. I think it's a good place for it. And we still got a lot of stuff off of Holy Diver, too, so. We just took one off. Not a bad place to put it. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that. now we have half of the Holy Diver stuff out, so. Okay, so f- next, let's see. We've got Holy Diver, Rainbow in the Dark, The Last in Line, Mystery, King of Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll Children. One more for the road. Okay. Who was? What was the band that we were saying? Like half the songs had rock and roll in the title. Was it ACDC? Yeah. <laughs> Dio's right behind him. Yeah. Um, well, let's get one of these rock and roll songs out. Um, let's do uh, Rock and Roll Children. Okay. So Rock and Roll Children. Uh, so we're up to song number 10. So we're three songs away from the end of the main set. And then we also have the three encores. So we have six songs left. Um, I think this might be a good one to put one more for the road on. We're at 10 of 12 for the main set. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a good place for it. Don't want it to be too late. But at the same time, uh, it's kind of winding down on the main set. I think it's a good place for it. Okay. I know what I want to end the main set, and hopefully you're kind of thinking the same thing. Um, so I'm thinking for for right here, King of Rock and Roll. Okay. I don't see a problem with that. Okay, so since you already have an idea in your mind for number 12, let's see if if you agree with my uh, assessment. I think here we can put the last in line. 
Was that what you were thinking? So, no, but I'm okay with it. But I think there's, I think, honestly, mystery would be better. Because I think Last in Line, to me, almost closes the whole thing out. Because of its, it has now kind of a um, connotation now that Ronnie's passed. You know, as this, you know, that's the final song in a way. I'm good okay. either way. Last in line or mystery closing it. If you prefer last in line, I'm good with that. No, I, I see your point. I like I like that idea. Um, mystery. Mis- mystery has kind of like a cool ending vibe to it. So it's a good ending track no matter what. Um, but... I just think Last in Line now, for some reason, has a little bit more power to it in that that aspect of being like, that's the the final word. So you you're thinking that the show should finish on the Last in Line. It's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have any problem with that. I actually think it's it's a pretty. I mean, it's it's a good. Any of the songs we got left can finish the show. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um. So we have 13 and 14. So I, 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 I look at it this way. I think that 13 should be Holy Diver, Rainbow in the Dark, and then Last in Line. I'm in a, actually the same agreement. Because I think Holy Diver is going to, like, if you, if you put that out as the, the encore song, you know, if he, if he goes up on stage and doesn't play Holy Diver, I think people are like, what? <laughs> what, what, what just happened? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It, obviously, you know, with, with all these artists that we that we love, right, mm-hmm. and these bands that we see in concert, there's always one song, always one song that you sit there and say, "Man, I wish they would have played that." Mm-hmm. Especially as the career goes on and on, and their catalog gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh yeah, right? and then it's like, all right. You know, I wish they would have had this song. Well, they didn't. Like, you know, like anyone who listens, who, who loves Metallica is going to know they're not going to hear their their favorite song or one of their favorite songs every night. You know, now. Like, but Anthrax, there's certain songs that you have to play. Well, yes. But, but like, for instance, Creeping Death is my favorite Metallica song. But they don't play it every show because that... at, at Sometimes they use that as one of the rotating songs that, that's on their list. Yeah. The Four Horsemen is my other favorite Metallica song. That is on the back burner of the rotating songs. Creeping Death is one of the ones that, you know, it's like every other show. Yeah. But then you have a band like Anthrax that have built such a deep career. And then they, they're an opening act and you get eight songs, ten songs tops. It's like, come on, how do you have a show... You know, of a band that's been around for that long, and they only get to play ten songs, and then seven of them are off of freaking Among the Living. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> come on, you know, uh, it, it's just one of those things. You know, you just wish these bands all always played ninety minutes and had a full show, or you know, or even some two hours. I mean, Iron Maiden's that way. I mean, you're never ever going to be happy with an Iron Maiden show. No one's ever going to be. I mean. This last one was probably the closest thing to being completely happy front to back. But even then, you knew there were songs missing. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, run to the hills. They wasn't didn't played. play loneliness of the long distance runner, so I'm wow, never going to be happy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was I was thrilled leaving the concert. I thought it was amazing. Um, yeah. But that being said, yeah, there were cer- certain songs that you know I'd love to hear. Um, but th- that's what happens. The bigger your catalog is with good songs, the less likely you are to hear every good song that you want to hear. Exactly. Well, if but your catalog case, mostly sucks, you're definitely going to hear the hits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Ainley and Ant Farm. You're definitely going to hear the hit. You're going to hear the hit. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, uh, we've figured out our 15 songs. So basically, here is the concert set list. Actually, why don't you go ahead and announce what the concert set list is. Okay. Uh, number one, Stand Up and Shout. Number two, Killing the Dragon. Number three, Dream Evil. Number four, I Could Have Been a Dreamer. I know why you didn't want to say that that title again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Track five, We Rock. Track six, Wild One. Track seven, Hungry for Heaven. Number number eight, Don't Talk to Strangers. Number nine, Rock and Roll Children. Number ten, One More for the Road. Number 11, King of Rock and Roll. And to close out the main set, Mystery. And then our encore, Holy Diver, Rainbow in the Dark, and finally, The Last in Line. I like that. That's a pretty cool set right there. I think that's pretty neat. I mean, that definitely encompasses his entire career as a Dio band. It's a good um, playlist. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, I think it's in a good order. Yeah, because that's the one thing also with Ronnie and his shows is that he didn't just play Dio songs. He played Rainbow songs, and he played uh, some of his Black Sabbath songs. So he did encompass a lot of his entire career into his shows. And so that always takes away from a song that may that you may like as, an, as, as a Dio fan. But uh, Yeah, the Dio version of, uh, of um, Man on the Silver Mountain awesome yes because it's a little quicker it's faster a little it's a lot faster (laughs) yeah but he would do like a medley so he would play like you know uh man on a silver mountain long live rock and roll and probably another rainbow song and then sometimes but like if you have the the there was a a greatest hits collection called the very beast of dio uh clever title and um it had a full version of, of uh, Man on the Silver Mountain at that super fast pace, and it was awesome. Yep, it was. All right, well, that brings us now to our big four Dio songs. And um, Why don't you start off? You want me to start off? Okay, I'll give you yeah. my big four Dio songs. This was, uh, I don't know, I want to say it was tough, but at the same time it was real simple for me and the reason why it was it was both was because i didn't want to just lump it off all of one uh, of two albums but at the same time i was like but those are the songs i like the most you know but i i then said oh let me stretch it out and see and and i realized that maybe there's one or two songs off of other albums that i might like as well so i'm just gonna i threw that in there i threw one song in there so let me go number four rock and roll children and that's off of sacred heart um, I don't know. I saw that video a lot on MTV and, you know, I, I guess they were inside like a castle or something like that. It was like, you know, 
early early Hogwarts area <laughs> type of <laughs> castle thing, you know. So it's it's a cool song. Um, I, I that song that number four spot took you know it, that was the one that was like what do I want to put here? Because there were so many different songs I could have put that were all kind of on an equal level, but it came out to be rock and roll children. Number three, rainbow in the dark. It was the first Dio song that I heard as the first video I saw, uh, first opportunity to see Vivian Campbell and the band. I thought it was a really cool song. I, I liked the way that they inter interact with the keyboards and just the song itself is just so cool and to think about the fact that that was a throwaway song that they just kind of put on there at the end is amazing to me i mean it's song number eight on the album they didn't give a crap about it but it became one of their biggest hits so that's pretty cool uh number two for me is holy diver um just absolutely amazing song i do like the kill switch engage version as well i think that's pretty cool um, you don't get to hear too many covers of, of Dio songs, but that's a that's that's a killer one. And number one for me is the last in line. Uh, I, I remember seeing the video over and over and over again on MTV, and it was just so cool. So that's my number one Dio song. Well, we got a couple of crossover. Um, my number four is Mystery. We talked about it uh, as being the set closer. I really like that song. Um, I remember hearing it on uh, something talking about Dio after he had passed away and something about the connection of hearing that song um, and, and, you know, just seeing uh, kind of a retrospective of his life. It really resonated and, and I've just really enjoyed that song since I liked it before, but something about that, you know, added to that, dimension too very cool um number three is rainbow in the dark i believe that was your number three as well um that's uh, that was one of the earliest songs that i can remember from dio it wasn't the first one that i heard but um that was i holy diver was the only album i had from him for a while because it was the only one i could find um and I just, I really liked that track. There's something kind of different about it too with the, the synth keyboards and everything that, that it just stands out. It's a really good one. Um, my number two is Stand Up and Shout off of Holy Diver. Um, I just really dig that opening track. It's it's so um, frantic, you know, just fast paced. And you know it's uh, it's pretty straightforward. It tells you exactly what it wants out of you. It's a great it's a great concert piece. So, um, and then uh, my number one is your number one, the last in line. Um, that's just it's such a cool track, and I I love like the the flute in it. It just works really well. It gives off that that vibe of of how uh, Ronnie kind of lived in Dungeons and Dragons uh, persona to to uh you know for lack of better term uh you know there's always swords and sorcery with that guy and 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 everything about this just kind of says that but also you know it has again more meaning now that he passed away so you know songs change when when um the artists are no longer with us and especially if you were around during their career it may be different if you were born after somebody passed away or something, but some something about you know somebody being there, 
when you're growing up and and putting out music and and having that connection with them and then they're no longer there you know it's like losing a friend it's like losing a family member in a way so some of these songs mean even more after somebody dies and to kind of tag on to that um i was listening to something from oddly enough from necro butcher from from mayhem and he was saying the same kind of thing where you know when uh when a musician dies sometimes it's really hard to go back and listen to their music but as time passes your feelings may change and um you appreciate what they what they did in a different way than you did before like say for instance like Kurt Cobain died or when uh, Chuck Schuldiner died from death i mean it, some of these some of these people when you have a personal connection to music, it's hard to, um, it's hard to feel that right away because it, it brings on feelings of sadness. But then I think in time, some of that passes and you really appreciate the, uh, the time that you did have. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's funny because there's a few artists that, um, have, hit me in a, in a weird way that way like when lane staley was discovered dead it was in and in, in the news broke about that mm-hmm. that really hit me um and that wasn't a huge huge allison chains fan um i mean i love allison chains in general but like to sit there and say oh that's my like, top 10 band it wasn't like that um there's, there's select songs like like I could listen to the entire Dirt album front to back, but like I can't listen to the entire um, Alice in Chains self-titled album front to back because there's just some songs in there that just don't do it for me. Um, but yeah, you know, listening to him or having him, you know, hearing that he passed away just really affected me. I was like, man, this is this is tough. Um, Kurt Cobain, nothing. I didn't feel a thing. Uh, I don't know why. I, I never really, you know, I know that he was something to a lot of people. And I know this is probably sacrilege to half of the people out there. But he never really did anything for me. Never uh, Nirvana really never did anything for me. I thought they were a talented bunch of musicians. Um, but I just, I never felt this that way about Kurt Cobain the way other people do. And it's everyone's opinion. You know, I was more shocked with Chris Cornell passing away than I was with with Cobain. So that tells you that how I felt about that. But and I know how what you're saying about when you when you're not part of someone's career, like the one that I wish I would have been able to see or been around to for when he was alive is is Randy Rhodes. You know, my favorite guitar player. Yeah. Well, like I mean. Like Keith Moon is an amazing drummer, but I, I he died before I was even born, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a difference in the connection when you've seen them play and you've been part of their career in some form or fashion, being a listener or going to the concerts or even if you had more of a connection with them in reality. Um, but when you when you go back and listen to them and you like, it's hard for me to believe that, that guys like Lemmy and Dio are gone. Sometimes, you know, you listen to the music and you think like, 
you know, I wonder, oh, well, yeah, I guess this is kind of it, isn't it? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when, when Lemmy passed away, it was, at that point, impossible for the entire Motorhead band to get back together. They all passed away, the original three Motorhead guys, or the classic yeah. Motorhead guys. Yeah, but he had been with Mickey D and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and Phil but, Campbell you know, for far like, longer. If, yeah, no, I mean, he had been around, he had been with those guys for a long time. But just to think that, you know, there there would never, ever be a chance to even see, like, let's say... Uh, Filthy comes back and plays a guest song or Fast yeah. Eddie Clark. It's never, it was never going to happen after those two passed away. And then um, when Lemmy passed away, well, you know, now the whole band is, is gone. So. Yeah. I was, I was actually thinking about that in the car the other day when I was hearing Ace of Spades, like all of them are gone. Yeah, they are. And, you know, Dio is, is, as unfortunately, gone as well and what i like with dio right now is that every year wendy holds uh, a a bowling tournament uh in his name uh for one of his charities and i think that's really cool and it's hosted by eddie trunk every year and i think that's a really neat thing i think oh it's ride for ronnie so they do a, a motorcycle ride and then they have a bowling tournament so it's it's pretty cool uh pretty cool thing that they do for charity every year uh around Absolutely. i think it's around his birthday i want to say not not his death anniversary all right, well, that's our Big Four Dio songs, and that concludes this episode of Debating Metal. So we know if you're listening, you probably already subscribed. So this is to let you know that you need to tell all your friends about us and make sure that they click the subscribe button on their favorite podcast platform and get our episodes every week. And don't forget to leave us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you catch us on YouTube, be sure to leave us a comment, and you can send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com. And remember to tune in to the next episode where we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe, and always turn it up to 11. See ya.